Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 548, recorded live on Saturday, February 17th, 2018. And here are your hosts. The man who still hasn't tried an escape room yet, Dave Play. Hi. And the man who is now two <clears throat> for two, Andy Lowe. Hi. You, you actually tried one you didn't know? Yes, I actually... <laughs> Continuation of our discussion from uh, last week. Uh, yes, the the one I tried with my new assistant uh, was one I had already tried before. So uh, we we tried one that I haven't tried before this week. And it was a little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah, it's a little little harder, isn't it? When you don't already know all the answers. <laughs> yeah, it it was uh, it was bad at one point. Um, where the uh, game master actually. Um, called to us over the two-way radio after a half hour and asked, basically, kind of, you know, suggested that we take a hint. <laughs> hey, hey, you guys, uh, you doing okay in there? Yeah, that's literally what she said. You doing okay in there? You, you know, you have four hints that you could use. And I'm sitting there going like, yeah, I really didn't want to use it. But I look at the clock and like, we're already halfway over and we've solved nothing. like two puzzles. <laughs> This is a three-room escape room, and we're still sitting in the first room trying to figure <laughs> stuff out. Yeah. So you took the hint. Yeah, we took the hint. And got a hint. Yes. Well, it was because there was we had solved a, uh, a puzzle there, but it turns out the puzzle was a riddle. Okay. And, you know, neither one of us at the moment, were, you know, could figure out what the answer to the riddle was. Ah. So they gave us a hint of another riddle, and as soon as she said, all right, I'm going to put a riddle up on this screen, and I'm just like, oh, it's a riddle. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as she puts the the thing up there, I'm like, oh, well, that's the answer, of course. You know, I wasn't in that mindset of thinking Mm -hmm. about those. Ah, it's too bad. Yeah, as soon as, you know, as soon as she put it up there, I knew what the answer was. And I looked at the door and there was an actual clue to the answer on the door. Like literally staring me in the face. And I'm just, you know, I type it in there. I'm like, oh, son of a, (laughs) it's literally right here. Mm -hmm. So was this also with your coworker or who did you go with? No, just with my uh, coworker. Okay. Yeah, the two of us, we solved it with... Uh, like and he's probably, like, confused as hell as, like, man, Andy did such a good job in the first one. Well, I... 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 Uh, <laughs> I, I I leveled with him. Ah, you came clean. I came clean. I thought I should come clean because, you know, you I didn't cheated. know what this was going to be like going into the second one. <laughs> You're like, dude, I, I want to make sure your expectations are set appropriately. Yes. I won't be nearly as helpful this time. <laughs> I won't somehow, you know, miraculously find the hidden door <laughs> by pulling a Scooby-Doo. That I already knew was there. Yeah, it was. Oh, this one was kind of annoying, though, because uh, one of the puzzles had to deal with colors, and they had the 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 whole, you know, spectrum. They had the whole Roy G. Biv. Yeah. And when you start getting into that blue indigo violet, sometimes it's hard to tell what colors are which unless they're literally, like, sitting next to each other. <laughs> and you're just like, well, shoot, is this indigo? Is this violet? You know, I mean, they're pretty different colors. Blue, indigo, and violet. Those that that section of the spectrum though is pretty close together. So we had screwed up. We actually had indigo and violet switched. Oh, so that's why you know one of our one of our things wasn't working, and we're like, we've got the thing, and we know what the thing is. And then they just came over the radio. She said, "Flip indigo and violet," and we did that. <laughs> and boom! It's just like oh. Later, she's like, yeah, that happens a lot with that puzzle because it's colors, man. And, you know, when you have... People don't know colors. 
Well, I know colors. It's just, you know, the... You don't know indigo and violet. Well, I didn't know their version of indigo and violet. Well, that's assuming they have the right versions of indigo and violet. Yeah, indigo is, is like a deep purple, almost blue. So they had a dark blue, and they had a light blue, and they had a purple. So they're, what they're calling purple was probably violet. Yeah. Dark blue was indigo and blue was blue. Yeah. So we, it was just, it was kind of annoying (laughs) where it's like, you know, we're stuck there. It's one of those times where it's like, yeah, you know, I know the puzzle. I know the answer, but you know, your thing wasn't set up just right. Oh my gosh. There was another one too. There where one person had to hold up a sign that only had half the answer on it in front of a camera. So the other Mm -hmm. person could look at the TV and get the other half. (laughs) And so, you know, He's That's sitting clever. there, like, trying to, like, go up, down, left, right, and, you know, angle it and move it close. It was just... Yep. No, no, actually, other left. Yeah. No, no, you had it the first... Go back. No, not... No, towards the camera. Yeah. And this thing, it was on, like, one-inch thick wood, so it was heavy. So we actually had to swap halfway through because his arms were getting tired from holding this thing above his head. It was just like, oh, my gosh. <sighs> but it was fun. We survived, so... I, I hope so. Yes. I mean, I know they're called survival rooms and escape rooms, but like they don't injure you. Right. No, and yeah, the, the door, the final door that's quote unquote, the locked door is never actually locked. So, you know, we could have just left at any time if we wanted to. Okay. Cause I'm saying you're, you're saying that you survived it. Yeah. And like, that wasn't ever in question. No, but we, we beat it. Okay. Yeah. Specificity of language. You beat it. Congratulations. Thank you. Well done. What was the scenario? Uh, this one was we were uh, some team from the CDC and there was a biochemist who had gone rogue or something like that, created some super virus. And so your team uh, was going to investigate his lab to try and find said super virus. And I guess accidentally, you know, somebody on your team accidentally bumped a counter and, you know, knocked over vials of the super virus and caused it to be get released into the atmosphere <laughs> in your room. Okay. So the the timer was the fact that there was a uh, decontamination process. So, you know, all organic life inside the lab would be destroyed within 60 minutes. Ah. So once we saw the video and I'm like, who the hell invited that guy? (laughs) Really? You knocked over a set of vials? Really, dude? Well, and now, like, aren't you a carrier of said super virus? Yeah. So the thing is, you have to find the antidote and the uh, decontamination code. Ah. Which, you know, the decontamination code was put on the label of the antivirus at the end. So one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, we got to find this and then we got to find the code. And then it's literally like, like I pull oh, out, we, we found both. Yeah, I pull out the vial of the antidote and it says, you know, decontamination, you know, shutdown code. I'm like, oh, well, okay, okay then. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. We're done. Cool. I made rock candy fake meth. <laughs> Make sure you put that fake in front. Yep. That that was my week. Um, and then, so of course I went to, to work on Monday and I brought it with me and I sent an email to my team saying like, Hey guys, I, I was watching, um, a cooking show that had something to do with like breaking bad. And so I made some of the stuff from that and I brought it in this bag, come by my office and have some. <laughs> and what did people think? They loved it. Like half of them came in going like, yeah, I've never wanted, I've never tried meth before. <laughs> so they all, they all followed the joke. They understood it. It is quite tasty for being just literally sugar. sugar. Yeah. It is literally sugar. Like, there's nothing else. Well, it's corn syrup, but that's just sugar. 
Sugar. That was that was most of my week was just making fake candy meth. Super easy recipe though. Well, yeah, because you just basically boil down sugar yeah, water. You you literally boil sugar and then concentrate it by boiling it more and then pour it. It's just like ma- making a maple syrup. You just basically take you know, you know the the sap from the maple trees and then you just uh, just keep boiling it down until you get to a sugar consistency. It's yeah. So it's kind of cool though because like the the temperature of the sugar is determined by the concentration. Oh, so you got to have one of those weird like candy thermometer things? I just use an infrared thermometer. Oh, that also works. Yeah. Just tag it on the top of it and you're like, "Oh, it's 200 degrees." So if you hear any sort of like clinking or or noise like this, that's cuz I'm sucking on sugar. Okay. So yeah, what else we got? Well, the Olympics are on. So I've been paying attention to that all week because curling started up. Oh, curling. Mm-hmm. I have. Do you know how much Olympics coverage I've watched this year? None. None. Literally none. How are we doing in curling? Um. Well, we've tied our win record so far of the last two Olympics for the men's. That sounds good. Since, you know, our last two times at the Olympics, we went two and seven. Oh, so and we've, we've tied our, our two wins. Yes, we have two wins right now. Out of nine. Yeah. Oh. We're so not going we're right, to win curling, are we? We're right in the middle of the pack right now. So, you know, we still we still could have a chance. Andy? When, when, uh, Do we realistically have a chance? Uh, let's see. Well, we lost to Sweden. We're going to play Canada this afternoon. <laughs> Probably going to lose to Canada. Uh, could have a chance of beating Switzerland. And we could have a chance of beating Japan. So I think we might have a shot at um, getting third, maybe. Really? Like bronze third? Yeah. Like we could actually medal in this? When well, we we Canada, well, okay, so we have Canada, Canada's left. So these we have uh, the teams that we still have to play. So we're two and two right now. Canada, we're going to lose against. That's okay. There's just way be better. Two three after that. Uh, we have Great Britain to play, which is currently also right now two and three. We have a shot because they haven't been shooting well. So we could be three and three after playing Great Britain. Japan's going to be a toss-up. They're ahead of us right now. Well, actually, no, they're tied at two and two right now as well. So that one could be could either be three and three or no, or, or sorry, uh, four and three or three and four. That one's could be in the toss-up. Norway's doing horrible this year, so that could be a win. So that could be five or six wins right there. And then Switzerland is currently three and two. That one might be a loss. So we. We only really have two big losses on the board, Switzerland and Canada. And, you know, we could still get in the top four with four losses. So it's a possibility. It just depends on how we play against the teams that are kind of right around our same level right now. Okay. So we, we actually have a shot. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought that a team that went two and seven last time could, you know, meddle. Yeah. How did the women do last year? I forgot to check that. Schuster <laughs> went two and seven. Women went... One and eight. So the women oh. are doing better. <laughs> women are currently two and two right now. So the women are doing better. So it's a uh, it's an interesting time. And granted, you know our our learn to curls are going off the charts right now because everybody's interested in curling. So that's good. So yay for that. The this is what you guys run at the curling club. Yes, we're running extra learn to curls because and they're filling up because people Olympics. are like, oh, curling Olympics, yay! This is like actually a sport. Yeah. And uh, we actually starting up, uh, we, we get the ice for an extra month because we gave up a couple of weeks in December. So they gave us an extra month at the end. So we're running a post-Olympic league for just beginners. Neat. So that one, yeah, it's a short little, I think it's only like three or four weeks. 
But yeah, no, if, you know, people try the learner curls and we go like, hey, you know, if you want to try it out, we do have, you know, a short league. Once the Olympics are done, that you know, sign up for, you'll get an experienced person to kind of show you the ropes of what's going on. You actually get to, you know, play curling. So yeah, no, it's, it, it's exciting times. <laughs> exciting times for curling clubs. Mm-hmm. Every four years. This is this is your New Year's Eve as a gym. Yes. When everyone remembers that curling exists. Mm-hmm. And if the U.S., you know, does good, then it's even better. But, you know. But that's probably not going to actually happen. Yeah. No, we'll see. Schuster's been throwing better, but still, it's some of the games are just hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are in theory, the best players in the U.S. Yes. Right? Yes. But even, they're, like... Um, this is this is the Jamaican bobsled team like they just aren't competitors. Well no, so the US after the last two Olympics and their massive failures changed how teams qualify for the Olympics. And they also set up what they call the um was it the the high profile or the high efficiency or something. They they basically also picked favorites. They would invite everybody to some basically combine, watch everybody, you know, do curling drills, play matches, that sort of stuff there, and they would pick favorites. And then those favorites would actually get travel costs, uh, entry fees paid for by USA Curling. Okay. To actually go and, you know, go to, you know, the world events and major, you know, major curling events around the country and the world in order to, you know, score enough points in the World Curling Federation to qualify for the Olympics. So, you know, the U.S. got to play pick favorites. Okay. Uh, after Schuster's second disappointing Olympics, they kicked him out of the program. So he, on his own, you know, without any money from the, the, the Olympic curling team, actually scored enough points to qualify for the Olympics. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the, the last two times, yeah, he was kind of, you know, he was anointed, you shall be, right. uh, you know, our Olympic team. Right. But, but like, regardless, like, that's very impressive that he got back through and qualified, but like, he's still not really anything compared to some of the other teams. No, no, he's not. You look at the Swedish team and you're like, those guys are built. They can throw a stone from hog line to hog line in under five seconds. It's But that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, you can do a lot of things if you have enough weight. If you have enough weight, you have enough inertia, you can actually start to move a lot of granite around. So it's it's a good tool to have in your pocket. Oh, you, so you mean like hitting other stones with your stone? Yes. Because you see some of the, like in the Canadian like tournaments there, some of those guys, you know, will do like a triple or quadruple takeout, double raise. So it's just... It's crazy the amount of stones that they can move now. And you look at the U.S. team, and you're like, Schuster, good job losing 20 pounds, but, you know, look at the, look at the, look at the Swedish team. So is it just the wrong, like, body type of people are going into curling? I'm not sure. Like, we need to start getting our, our lifters in and put them on ice? Well, we have, we have some decent sweepers. It's just the, the throwing is, you know, the, the skips... Since people here still build their own teams, it still has that hierarchy of, you know, oh, you know, Schuster was a skip, so he's going to be a skip. And, you know, other countries have, you know, literally they find the four best curlers, even if they're not on a team, literally throw them together as a team and say, okay, you guys are going to be curling. China did that. China just found four guys who were good at curling, who were on separate teams. And then said, go and practice together for a long while. But not only that. They threw them to the wolves by having them go play in Canada for a year. 
<laughs> quite literally to the wolves yeah they 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 put the four of them together they threw them into canada and they just basically you know every they started out at the, the rinky dink you know local you know curling competitions and they just said like you know here cut your teeth on the canadians i mean if you're if they're if they're the four best curlers in china they're probably pretty good uh, they were kind of bad at the beginning but you know practice 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 practicing against, against you know, the who, best curlers in the world yeah what did they finish in 2014? Uh, China, China went seven and two that year in 2014. So they, uh, they got, they got, no, oh, they got fourth. But still, you know, going from you know just being guys together to actually you know having a chance at a medal in the Winter Olympics was kind of surprising. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving the. Uh, I'm tempted to see how long I can draw out this conversation. <laughs> oh, I could go all day. I could just let you pull like a Zach Weigel and just talk about curling. Well, I can, can I do talk about at least I can bring this in around to technology, though. Curling and technology. Yes, because. Wait, uh, but to, to be clear, the sport of curling involves throwing rocks at other rocks. Yes. And you want to bring in technology. Yes. We actually did talk about this on the show, though, because they had the new materials for the broom heads. Yeah. And then they actually made it standardized that all material for the broom heads must be this said material. And they actually have everything, you know, like serial numbers and the whole nine yards. Okay. So there, there's that aspect of it. But I, I, I actually... hope the, the, like, apathy is just dripping from my voice right now. But go on. Well, I was just... um. What I really wanted to talk about was the NBC Olympic app and their live streaming that they're doing. I've heard NBC's coverage this year has been um, not great. I agree. It has not been great. It isn't. No, it's, you know, they have they basically got like three channels that they're doing. They're doing, you know, NBC proper with the primetime stuff. They've got replays of curling and other sports on CNBC during the middle of the day because it's what, 13 hours from here to Korea. Yep. Something like that. Something like that. Um, so, you know, when I've been watching curling, I've had to watch the live streams because, you know, the third channel is the Olympic channel. And so it's even that is not, you know, like we had the Olympic channel on here and it was just playing just basically like a 50 15 minute repeat of highlights and you're just like okay it's not actually showing any competition so i go to the live apps and there's just like some random guy who's doing the commentary for the the curling matches you know you've got you got pete fenson who's doing like the cnbc stuff there but he's in freaking connecticut watching it on a tv doing commentary i don't know who that is but okay pete fenson was the last uh he was the skip for the last let me rephrase that i don't care who that is Yes, their coverage has been very lackluster, uh, just ridiculous. So I'm like, yay, they have the app, but boo their coverage of said, you know, sport. Ooh, their coverage of said sport. Yes. I, f- I feel like they're just coasting by with what they've got. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we got all the stuff here from the Summer Olympics. Let's just send it over to the Winter Olympics. Don't send anybody. You know, just we'll just take the camera feeds and use those. So, right, that's enough of that. Okay, actual yeah. topics. Are you sure? Yes. You don't want to talk any more about curling and throwing rocks at rocks? No. And like hog lines and houses? Nope. Okay. Four years ago. Was the Olympics again? Okay. Uh, it was, yes. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. Four years ago, uh, a, a programmer wrote a script that allowed people in Twitch chat to control elements of a game and use this to create... Twitch plays Pokemon. Oh, okay. That was four years ago. They are now playing Pokemon again because this this thing like took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, except that right now they are playing simultaneously 
uh, Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. Oh, what? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they just are. They're playing them at the same time. I mean, the whole idea of, of Twitch Plays Pokemon is it was just so random anyway. What does it matter where the game state is? True. So just kind of a neat little thing they are currently playing. Um, God, it's been four years? Yeah, it's crazy. People have done some pretty cool stuff with the Twitch chat that, at this point, though. That is so weird. And I've always, <laughs> I was going to say, I always wanted to play Pokemon, but I've never really, uh, yeah, I tried it and I just, you know, never got that into it. Man, four years, dang. Yeah, I know. Um, what else? Steam. Uh, there's Steam. Oh, yeah, I like, I like Steam. Gaming. Steam is good. Yeah. I noticed something when I logged into Steam the other day. Which is? Which is to say yesterday. My wish list changed. Yes, yes, they're updating the wish lists. Which is weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I like it because the wish list needed an update, but they this is a hell of an update. Yeah, they've, they've done a lot of interesting things. So you can actually now uh, sort and filter by percentage of discount. So, you know, if I have a bunch of games on my wish list, rather than getting, well, I still get all those emails, you know, when a Steam sale starts or it's something, you know, 20 emails. Hey, six games are on your wish list that are on sale. That's, those are the ones I get. Be like, yeah. you have five things that are on sale. I'm like, I I do? Sure. But what's on my wish list? What what the hell did I put on my wish list? It was all that discovery queue. That's what it was. It's like you go through the discovery queue and you're like, sure, I'll put that on my wish list. Why not? Sure, whatever. So yeah, so you can sort by release date. Okay. You can sort by tags and genres. Uh-huh. Um, you can also uh, add a game if it's in early access, but tell it to hide it. Tell it unless, to hide it. Yeah, you can hide things on your wish list until the game is actually released. Ah, so that it's just there, but you don't need to worry about seeing it. Yeah. Okay. So That's I'm fair enough. Or what the hell my Steam password is that I can't. <laughs> Son of a monkey. You can't log into Steam. No, I forgot what the hell my password is. Um, probably don't want to say it on air. No, no, that'd be bad. Granted, I've got the Authenticator app, so... You still don't want to say your password on air. No. <sighs> God, I forgot what my password is. We'll deal with that one later. All right. Thank you for your Steam purchase. You're welcome, Steam. Um, you can also add directly to your cart from your wish list, which wasn't an option before. Which seems really, like, intuitive, right? Why wouldn't you be able to do that? Well, because uh, now uh, some games have a deluxe edition or multiple starter pack options. Right, but, but why wouldn't you have been able to do that before? I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, wait, we couldn't do that before? And then I looked, I'm like, no, we can't. You couldn't. Also, no, you yeah. couldn't rearrange your, your wish list easily. You had to click a button to, like, unlock the rearranging and then click another button to save it. Ugh. Do I want Assassin's Creed Origins? I don't know. Do you? Kind of. Ouch. Oh. Sorry, I just slammed my knee into my Stop desk. Stop hurting yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a, I mean, it's kind of a minor topic, but it's just worth pointing out, like, Steam did update their wish list, finally. You know what I'd like, by the way? I don't know if maybe you, you know something that does this. Amazon wish lists, right? Yes. I want something, when when you go to your Amazon wish list, it actually tells you, like, hey, here's your, uh, the price when you added it, and here's the current price. Yes. I want to be able to see that graph. I want something that just looks at my wish list for me and just tracks it for me and says, like, here's what the prices have been. I know Camel 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 does that for an individual item, but I want it to just be like, import my wish list and generate this report for me. 
camelcamelcamel.com slash features jump to wishless import. But it won't like I, I did look at that, but it won't um, it won't graph them for you. Like you'd have to go to each one individually with it. You can import all the products from any public Amazon list. All it takes is the URL of the list. Once you submit that camel 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 reads the list information, and imports the products which you have not already received slash purchased, tracking them at Amazon's new price minus one. Mm-hmm. All price watches create created using this tool are still edible and will appear under the new filter in your products section of the site. You know what's funny is I've never actually used Camel Camel Camel. You just had it installed but never actually used it? Yeah. And it's it's pretty good. I should put my wish list on there because actually a lot of these things are, uh, God, that's up to $83 now. Some of these things that I know are books that are have uh, newer versions attached to them. So I got to delete some of my things on here and then uh, re-add them with the updated versions. <clears throat> mm, sorry. You, you okay there? something in my throat. I'm just beating myself up. This is ridiculous. Yeah, you're not doing so hot today. Well, it's funny because I've also been uh, we've been recycling a lot of electronics at work. Mm-hmm. So you know, breathing in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of dust. And then also, since we're in the basement, I have to haul all the stuff up the stairs. And when we recycle it, it will tell us exactly how much weight we have hauled up the stairs. Because all the stuff is recycled via weight. So it's like, you know, ugh, nothing like hauling up, you know, 200 pounds of scrap metal and then getting 18 bucks for it. Woo! A whole $18. Hey, it's better than nothing. So please don't get heavy metal poisoning. Why would I get heavy metal poisoning? Because you're dealing with a bunch of chemicals and melting like iron, not iron, gold and copper and silver. Oh, I don't actually melt it down. I just pick, you know, I just take a pile of RAM cards and give it to the guy, and he's like, "Okay, that's you know eight dollars a pound. You got a couple pounds here. Here's sixteen bucks." Oh, well, that's a little easier. Yeah, no, I don't actually melt this. No, I, I thought you were like actually pulling off the the gold plating and no. melting it down, doing the electrolysis to separate it out. No, 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 no. Which you can do. Like I it's, could it's do actually that. not that yes, hard. I'd probably get more, pro, you know, more money for it because then it would just be you know pure gold, gold. and but, copper and copper, and, yes, and silver, yes. But do you know, you know? Do you know how they do that? It's really interesting. They just melt it all together and then put it through a series of electrolysis. Oh, for different metals for yeah, yeah that, that to would... separate out the gold and then the silver and then you're just left with the copper. They use something sort of like that with uh, natural gas and, or sorry, petroleum stuff there where they can actually, like, they put it through some stack and the, the weights of the stuff, you know, are at different levels of the stack. And so they can separate it that way. Mm. Sorry, not, I've got a recipe here for Mongolian beef. Ooh. And I need to save, I need to save that for later. That sounds pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Can you send that to me? Sure. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's the wrong chat menu. The people would be very confused if I sent them that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, other topics. Um, other what else do we want to talk about? Gaming news. You actually talked about AC, so we could talk about it. They have Assassin's actually announced. Uh, they have announced when the discovery mode is coming out and the cost of it. What is discovery mode? Uh, discovery tours. That thing we talked about. How were you know they put so much time and effort into designing ancient Egypt that they wanted to show off all the you know the stuff that they learned and you know information about it. Okay. Vaguely remember it, right? For, for, for education. Yes. Okay. So they're calling it, they're calling it the discovery tour. Um, it will be free to everyone who has actually already purchased the game. Or if you don't want to purchase Assassin's Creed Origin, you can buy the discovery mode for $20 on Steam and Uplay. And it allows you to just go around ancient Egypt? 
yeah, you can you can just run around ancient Egypt, no problem. But they also give you guided tours as well. There are 75 guided tours, each between 5 and 25 minutes in length. Huh. Telling you, you know, what's been going on. Which I'm kind of wish that, you know, they did this more with the older games. I know they put a lot of the info in the older games, but you had to dig for it. Um, I mean, you had to go into, like, a menu. Yeah. Well, they're like, you know, oh, you discovered this landmark in Italy. Okay, you know, then I can go to this menu, and then the the assassin guy who's the historian, like, you know, has written up a little bit about it, and he talks about, well, actually, you know, during the time frame of this, you know, character, this would actually look like this, but, you know, it was not fully completed until here, and then, he, you know, there's a nice, good chunk about it, but, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, if they went back to the other games and actually did guided tours. Yeah, but what would they do for like info back there? What would they do for a guided tour of like the pirates one, Black Flag? Ooh, you're like, this is what a ship looks like. Well, yeah, they could talk about that. You know, you know, this is how you know how many people needed to actually you know fire cannons. This was the process for that. You know, different types of they had information about the different types of ships. Could talk about some of the major cities that you visited. I don't know what cities you visited in that game. I haven't played it yet. Oh. It was a lot of the Caribbean cities. Tortuga. Like, yeah, Tortuga, Nassau. Um, shoot, I can't remember any of the other cities. <laughs> they they were so, so memorable, weren't they? They had all the old sea shanties. You could talk about, you know, the histories of those. Didn't you get to oh. collect those? Yeah, you got to collect the sea shanties. That was one of my problems is I collected one sea shanty when I first started, just accidentally. And so all my my crew just knew the one song. So it'd be, you know, sailing my ship around and the guys would, you know, start singing and then you tell them to be, shut up. And then yeah. a few minutes later, they'd start singing the same song again. And it's like, oh my God, this song just would, it's like, it's funny because you, you tell them to stop singing and your, your main character would literally tell them to shut it. Shut it. Yeah, it's like, hey, shut it. And they would all stop singing. And it's like that. You'd be like, that's enough of that. And it's just like, oh. I need. I had literally had to go find other songs because I just couldn't. The one song was just getting annoying. Oh, Assassin's Creed. But yeah, no. So the discovery mode is going to be out February twentieth. Twenty dollars cool. if you don't already have Assassin's Creed. But if you do, it's free. Free for educators? Question mark? Question mark? Probably not. Ah, no. Why would they ever provide something like that? All right. I want some happier news. Tell me about uh, space. Well, the uh, there's an update for the Tesla Space Roadster. Yeah. Um, its current orbit is probably going to have it crash into <laughs> Earth or Venus in a, uh, in... Say it's a next million years or so. So a long way away. Yes. Also, is that calculation taking into account uh, Jupiter? I'm not sure. Or did they just say, like, here's the the actual orbit right now, and in, like, a million years or so, it'll, like, cross where Earth should be at that time? Because orbits do not remain constant. No. Right? Like, this thing's getting out towards the asteroid belt. Jupiter is going to have pull on it. Well, somebody did a study, and it's an actual paper submitted to the Cornell Library called The Random Walk of Cars and Their Collision Probabilities with Planets. Yeah. So somebody, you know, somebody did some actual astrophysics calculations for this. Except that this isn't a random walk. Well, it's it's hard to tell because, you know, nobody's actually done, thrown a car into space yet, so nobody knows how it's going to react. But no, bullshit! I call bullshit. Andy, it's a car. It's not like a non-Newtonian, some random super collider, super conductive machine. It's a car. It is a weight. It is a mass. We know exactly how it's going to react so Uh, there sure well in case you're actually ever at any point 
want to find out where the Tesla Roadster is, somebody created a website, whereisroadster.com. Okay, that I do want to see. Whereisroadster.com. Okay, that's awesome. And this is because they are actually tracking it as a celestial object. Yes. It is still very close to Earth, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. It is 0.022 astronomical units from Earth. Okay. Uh, I think it did set a record, though, for fastest car. Well, yes, because it is currently traveling at a speed of 6,759 miles per hour. Yeah, this is moving really fast. It also has not moved, like, at all. (laughs) No. Damn, space is big. Yep. Do you know, um, for the asteroid belt, because we watch science fiction movies, we we have this view of an asteroid belt as this, like, dense collection of asteroids. It's not. When NASA plans for missions that go through the asteroid belt, they pretend it's not there. Because the probability of actually hitting something is so low, they just don't worry about it. Yeah. Upcoming key milestones. Yeah, so the the closest it's going to get to anything within the next umpteen years is uh, it's going to get 0.049 astronomical units away from Mars on October 7th, 2020. I think the the major calculation said that uh, the nearest it's going to get to Earth, which is a few hundred thousand kilometers, um, is going to be in 2091. So we have to live until we're 107. Oh, for it to come back? Yeah, 107. Yes. Dang it. It's a long way away. Yep. I love at the very bottom of the the main page, they talk about how the car has exceeded its 36,000 mile warranty 566.5 times. (laughs) That's that's good. I like that. And moving at a speed of, you know, or uh, how many ever miles an hour it has, it is currently achieved a fuel economy of 160, 161.9 miles per gallon. It's a pretty good fuel economy. Yes, if you consider how much, you know, gallons of fuel the rocket had. <laughs> how many gallons of fuel did the rocket have? Uh, a lot. 126,000 gallons? Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm really hoping that this spurs more interest in space flight. It would be well, good to get back into where, that. Um the president of the United Launch Alliance or something had tweeted back to like Elon Musk something about, you know, one of their rockets. And Elon Musk said back that like, you know, if you can launch it by like 2020 or something, I'll eat my hat. Yeah. And the guy's like you're on. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. I hadn't meant like just in private industry amongst billionaires interest. I was kind of hoping for like more interest from the populace, like telling the government that we really should start focusing in on this again. That'll be interesting. Yep. GameStop has some changes. Yes. Um, we'll see what comes of this, but the um, some of their their uh, executives have been shifted around. Well, the CEO, the original CEO, left uh, is leaving due to a brain tumor. Is leaving? Hasn't left yet, but is leaving. Oh, well, no. the The guy who has been with the company, the new uh, CEO, has already taken uh, the CEO position. Has he? On February sixth, yeah, he's already he takes the CEO role effective immediately. Oh, all right then. Yeah, there's a there was a brand new CEO. The old one uh, had been the CEO since 2010. Yep. Saw he's the, been on, the company through some good times and some bad times. Yep. He's been on leave since November due to a brain tumor. So, you know, best of luck hope to him. Everything goes okay with him. 
Uh, and then the COO? Yes, the COO and one of the executive vice presidents have now been uh, let go without cause uh, this week. The COO uh, has been one of GameStop's longest-serving employees, having worked uh, in various senior roles between... 2010 until 2015 and has been the COO since 2015. And the executive vice president has been with GameStop for 10 years. He's been responsible well, for the firm's marketing strategy, pre-owned business, and online presence. Which, none of which have been doing great. No. Their marketing strategy has been non-existent. Yeah, I haven't seen any marketing strategy from GameStop in forever. Their used games are in deep trouble. Yeah, because everyone's Xbox just buying, Pass and all yeah, the other fun Xbox stuff. Xbox yeah. Pass and everyone's just buying digital Yep. And their online presence is laughable. Have you gone to GameStop.com? No. I know you could buy a lot of hot topic go, things. Go to GameStop.com. Just right now. Just go. Pause the podcast if you need to and just go to GameStop.com and then laugh. Ooh, I could buy a Shadow of the Colossus statue for $250. You can. It's It's like the worst of every other online store combined into one. Oh, they still have their stupid Power Up Rewards group? Really? Yes. And pro members? Ooh. Ish. It's just, like, it's laughable. Uh, so, okay, well, maybe maybe this will help their, uh, their bottom line and help their stock, because right now it's not doing great at all. Save $15 on a controller with the purchase of an Xbox console. Ooh. <laughs> you buy a $300 system, we'll give you $15 off of a controller. What else? Uh, what else we got here? <gasps> Galaxy S9 yes. has a headphone jack. Mm-hmm. I like this idea. I am pro headphone jack. Yep. There were some images for it that were leaked, and looks like there's a headphone jack on it. Cool. So. I do, uh, I, I also see this this Bixby thing and the Dex pad. Neither of those are are like super exciting no it's a neat idea in theory that dex thing there where you know most people really don't need a full-fledged computer and everybody you know has got a cell phone so so let's turn phones into desktops yeah so yeah no this should be interesting oh the dex pad includes an additional usb includes additional usb ports plus a full-size hdmi output and a usb-c connector for power yes which I've started to like stock up on USB C's at this point because I know I'm going to eventually move over to that. Yeah, mine's a USB C, which is you know partially a problem because I went from a you know micro USB connector and it's just like okay, I need to make sure I have a cable with me at all times because you won't reliably find them. No, we actually went to Meyer because Kate needed a new uh, car thing, and yeah, now like hers, she could you know pick one up for you know car charger plus cable for like you know twelve dollars, and I'm looking for mine. Yeah, the only USB C one is like twenty bucks. Yeah, you're better off just keeping like little adapters with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just carrying around. I'm gonna throw a small USB C USB cable just in my coat pocket. Yeah. So if you hey you got a USB uh, charger thing there, can I borrow it for a little bit? You cannot. So yeah, no, the uh, headphone jack is still around. Bixby button is still around as well. I don't know why, so... Yeah, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a pretty common theme this episode. Well, we'll find out, because um, the Galaxy S9 launch event, I think, is on the 25th this month, so... Okay. We'll find out I watched, next Sunday. I watched a video this week, Okay. by the way, on logistics. Because I'm, I'm looking at this um, Amazon 
getting into shipping. Yes. And like, if you think about it, when was the last time there was a new shipping company? The answer is like FedEx and UPS. <laughs> DHL came out. Yep. When would the DHL come out? When did DHL come out? I wonder. I bet you Wikipedia knows. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Founded 1969 in San Francisco. So that was 69. Uh, UPS was in 1907. And FedEx was... 1971. So FedEx is actually the newest, right? 71. So... 47 years. FedEx is almost 50 years old, and that is the newest of the companies. So the idea of Amazon getting into this, like, well, why why is it so hard? And it's so hard because you need, like, such a massive, massive infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole video about, like, how does overnight shipping work? Because they offer overnight shipping, right, to anywhere yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And just the, the the logistics and the calculations and the processing behind it to figure out the best routing and the the fact that like the the FedEx hub uh, at this airport is like four times the size of the rest of the airport. Yeah, the the planes that are coming in there all the time are like what like every like twelve minutes or something like that. Yeah, like crazy. So it's just interesting now that Amazon is saying, yeah, we're interested in doing this. We want to start getting into this as well. Like that's We actually, uh, driving back from Battle Creek the other day for work, I actually passed by an Amazon Prime truck on the road. Yep. Been seeing a lot more of those lately. Yep. Because it's, it's just they have their own shipping industry now. They move so many packages, it's just cheaper for them to invest and build their own distribution network. But anyway, I'm bringing this up uh, to lead us into a topic. Yes. Because you you posted something about UPS and how they use technology. Yep. So what about it? Well, um, they are uh, using uh, basically machine learning to figure out when the UPS vehicles need to get washed. And just saying, you know, just figuring out when the vehicles need to get washed, the company expects to save 200 to $300 million a year just in that. What does washing the vehicle have to do with anything? Well, they want, you know, clean-looking vehicles, I guess, or something, so... But how is that supposed to save them money? Not washing them as often? How about you just don't wash them? (laughs) Like, if that's your goal, you don't need to invest in machine learning to figure out when to wash your vehicles. Just don't wash them. Like, I'm I'm confused as to why this is a thing. I don't know. It's also, you know, they have have their own uh, routing software that keeps track, uh, tries to calculate route, delivery routes, for only using right-hand turns. Yep. They've saved millions upon millions, if not billions of dollars just from that, from reducing the left-hand turns, which is crazy to think about. You know what's really crazy, though? In this article, which this is part of the reason I put this in here. This is ridiculous. So last year, last year, UPS started equipping its delivery trucks with plastic Bluetooth receivers that would beep if a worker placed a parcel into a vehicle that's not actually heading to the package's destination. Before developing this technology, UPS didn't do a final scan of parcels that confirmed the truck on which they belonged. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. And it's one of those things that's like, really, you guys didn't do a final check of, you know, before you put it on the truck? Hey, is this where the truck it's supposed to be on? Well, because you assume someone's already done that check by the time it's in the, the like, loading dock for the truck. Yeah, but it turns out, no. No, no, they don't. Right. Well, but Andy, I mean, how often do you do you check that? Right. If you think that they should check it to put it in that pile, then I'd feel comfortable with that. That should be fine. 
Evidently, people kept screwing that up, though. And so now there's a check when it actually goes on the truck. Yes. And there's also a um, during uh, holiday season, they hire nearly 100,000 temporary workers between November and January Mm -hmm. um, to help sort all the extra packages. And so typically these people would, according to this article, would need to memorize hundreds of zip codes to know where to place parcels. Makes sense. So last winter, UPS outfitted 2,500 of them with scanning devices and an $8 Bluetooth headphones that just either said green, red, or blue. The colors corresponded to specific conveyor belts, which the people would put them on. That sounds significantly more efficient. Yes. Also like a process that could be automated. That's what I, as soon as I read that, I'm like, really? So you just have a guy with a scanner and it figures out which conveyor belt it's supposed to be on? I feel like, yes, you could build a device that does that. I feel like in two years, that's going to be an automated process. Yeah. Amazon getting into it is still scary as hell. As as um, Aaron mentioned, I did, I did use the term vertical monopoly incorrectly last week, though. It is vertical integration. A vertical monopoly is a monopoly resulting from vertical integration. Mm. So if there only was UPS and no FedEx and no Amazon. Well, if, if like Amazon were to put UPS and FedEx out of business. Gotcha. I think is is the idea. I mean, they're not going to, no. but there's going to be some interesting things happening. Yeah, so the in, other hand there, somebody talked to a logistics expert at University of Washington's Supply Chain Transportation and Logistics Center, and they think that Amazon does pose a threat. Amazon does have the money and the ability to set up a new freight and parcel delivery company, and the disruptive thing is that they'd be able to start from scratch with technology at the center of their operations. So yeah, so you have people like UPS, which, you know, until last year, had no technology on the trucks outside of, you know, the driver. Now doing significantly more. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what you can do with technology and and computers nowadays. Well, especially if there's somebody else new to the industry. It's one of those things where it's like they're resting on their laurels. Oh, yeah, no, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. And all of a sudden, Amazon comes out and they're like, oh, shit. Let's, uh, let's see where we can uh, start shaving off some dollars. Yeah. Making things like, more efficient. By not washing our trucks. As often. As often. Except they're spending money on figuring out when they should wash their trucks. You know what? You should wash your trucks every month. Just just do that. You're good. I actually had pl- applied for a job to wash trucks when I was in Ipsy. I didn't yeah. get it, though. God, that would just be so mind-numbing. Well, the fun bit was that you actually got to drive the UPS trucks to the car washing area. Okay. So you actually got to drive the big, you know, the big brown truck. <laughs> That would have been fun. I knew someone who was a UPS deliverer. I'm sorry for them. He, he enjoyed it. It was fine. Having delivered mail, I now feel for all delivery people <laughs> because, damn, that was hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to end on a uh, funny note? Sure. So Apple created their new headquarters the the donut spaceship thing yes okay um so a rem- a report from market watch s- says that um apple had to call emergency servers services to assist multiple employees who are accidentally walking into glass walls because they just look at it and they're, they're probably like looking down at their phone and they look up and it's so clean that they just walk right through it yeah According to this Twitter post, just heard that the first day Apple Park opened, seven people injured themselves by walking straight into the glass doors. And that's just the people who reported it as they felt physically hurt. <laughs> I, guys, ah. Yeah, so um, the, the fix the Apple employees were doing 
was yes. actually began using post-it notes to mark where the glass walls are. <laughs> Perhaps so that maybe would, that like, would, you know what I'm picturing is, is like birds, right? Yeah. Like birds running into windows. Yeah. But instead of birds, it's Apple employees. It's Apple most employees. Likely. So like I'm thinking of the, the things that you do to keep birds from running into windows, which is like putting uh, frosted on it. So making the windows frosted or making them uh, putting pictures on them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what you evidently have to do for Apple employees. <laughs> well, the, the thing, though, is the employees put the post-it notes up on their own, but then the sticky notes were reportedly removed because they detracted from the building's design. But the, the building's design is causing people to run into walls. <laughs> you know, this is... I, I, I gotta say, this says a lot about Apple as a company. Go on. I I don't. Do I need to? Like it's form over function, right? Like form is the ultimate. Forget the fact that people are walking into the walls and causing themselves injury. Oh no, we can't get rid of it because then, because like that's how it's supposed to be. Something tells me if if Steve Jobs was was still around, like this would not be a problem because he wouldn't have let them do something so stupid in the first place. I I don't know. I just this is <laughs> The funny though fact is that California law requires employees to be protected against the hazard of walking through glass by barriers or by conspicuous durable markings. So the they're they're um violating the law? They they could be sued or fined if they don't find a better solution. Than sticky notes. Than sticky notes, Which yeah. they're taking down. Which, yeah, they're taking, because it is, removes from the aesthetic design. Which, again, I feel like it's pretty <laughs> indicative of, of, of uh, Apple as a company. So what, Dave, what I need you to do yeah. is get one of those like security cameras from Apple's thing there and then just put yakety sacks to it. Uh, I will point out my my video editing skills come to about like me recording with a phone the screen as I'm playing that and then me going (laughs) (laughs) I think you're literally killing me over here. Oh. Oh. You're killing me, Smalls. I knew you were going to say that. Gotta love the sandlot. All right. Now that I've got that out of my system. Yeah. Randoms. Randoms? Yes. Okay. Random review is your week this week. My week for the review. I want to review Smart Audiobook Player. So a long time ago, when when Android was still relatively new, I found an audiobook player called um, like Ambling Book, Pl- yeah, Ambling Book Player. Okay, and I'm like I really like this app. It was it was really good when Android first came out. Um, it like let you split up by chapter, and you could jump forward by chapters and rewind by chapter. And and I even bought the professional version of it, like the paid for version of it. They have not updated in seven years. <laughs> okay. 
And I continued to use it because I bought it. And so, like, I always just – I went and found it, and I got the professional. I, but, like, it's actually pretty crappy. So I finally said, forget it. Uh, I want to I want to see what else is out there. I may as well look. And I found something. Uh, it's called Smart Audiobook Player. And I, it's, not, it's not perfect. There's still things about it I'm not thrilled with. But it, it, it is an audiobook player, so it still does a lot of that same functionality. You still, um, if you have the book that's a single file, then you're fine. If it's split up by multiple files, then that's also fine, because you just say, the book is in this folder. And it's like, oh, here's the list of things in the folder, so this is the book. Um, you can skip forward by chapter, you can skip backward by chapter, assuming you have it in multi-files. You can skip forward by 10 seconds or by a minute. You can also set the playback speed. And this was one of the really nice things. So you can set the playback speed to 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, 1, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, all the way up to 2.2 uh, speed. And then it's 2.2, 2.4, 2.6, 2.8, and 3 times speed. So I'm currently sitting here on a, a 1.3 times, which is just noticeably faster. Like, you can actually tell that it's it's sped up. If you put it down to, like, 1.2, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. It has built-in equalizer. It has built-in volume controls. It has the ability to add bookmarks so that you can jump back around. It even has the ability to add characters, which I haven't played around with. I'm not sure why. Like, it, I guess it's just if you want to take notes about the characters in the book. And it has a sleep timer, which is also really nice because you can customize that and you can set it how you want. Uh, and you can even set it so that if you shake the phone, it resets the sleep timer. Oh, so if you're still listening and you're awake, yep. shaking the phone will, okay. Uh, when you pause the book and then you go back and press play... Depending on how long you have the book paused, it moves backwards. So, like, if I press pause and then press play, it repeats, like, five seconds. Like, it just goes back five seconds ago in the book. It's like, oh, I'll just reread that section. But if you have it paused for, like, an hour, it goes back, like, a minute in the book. Oh, nice. Right. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, it is free trial for 30 days. And then there's a a um, purchase. Oh, what's the purchase price? I don't know yet. I haven't gotten there yet. I think it's like two bucks. Yeah, it says two bucks on the website. Okay. So what's so, what's what's your big cons about this again? Um, mostly just the UI is not all that intuitive, and like, not it's not very well explained. The menus are definitely not well explained. So you press the menu button in the top uh, top right. You have library more settings help and exit and if you have more then it's history select file delete files select cover search cover on internet but like i what and if i try to go to the library uh like there's yeah it's it just it's a little weird also adding things from the sd card is not the most intuitive so those are the well, drawbacks. That's, that's that's just an android thing yeah that's fair so those are the drawbacks past that it's actually really nice i'm i'm enjoying it i think it's it's useful, and I'm going to be loading on more audiobooks to it. I've been reading Name of the Wind, which you catch so much more the second time through. Yeah, I've actually got the uh, Book Club book audiobook sitting right next to me that I haven't had a uh, chance to listen to yet. I have a lot this of This is what happens when you get an assistant, and it's now, you know, there's somebody else there, so you can't just, you know, put your earbuds in and listen to an audiobook while you're working. Oh, uh, because you got to actually communicate with this person? Yeah. 
you know, if I'm normally if I was like driving from here to Lansing, that's like a good, you know, three hours that I could listen to something. But now that, you know, there's somebody else in the car, I don't know, you know. Oh, you poor thing. I mean, you yeah, could just so say, I, hey, I want to listen to some audiobooks. I might do that next time. I'll, I'll see this week. Cause I know we have to go up to Lansing on Monday. So I'll see what he thinks about, you know, listening to audiobooks and stuff. Audiobooks and podcasts. Yeah, I haven't opened up iTunes in a couple weeks now. Oh, dear. That's a lot of stuff. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Audio, iTunes would be like, well, you haven't, you know, you haven't done this podcast in a while. I'm just going to so stop downloading, downloading it. it. Yep. Thanks, uh, iTunes. That's awesome. Yeah, I've missed out on a couple of podcasts because they haven't done that, you know, and then stopped recording. I'm like, I didn't notice it right away. Yep. So smart audiobook player. Yeah. Android app. Do I've, they have I've one for the it. iPhone or is it just I've, iTunes on the iPhone? Friggin' iPhone? I don't know. Why would I know that? I don't know. Oh, God, I opened up iTunes. They're all downloading. Oh, no. Random topic. Uh, random topic rolled ahead of time. If you could choose one hobby that now seems out of your reach, either financially or time-wise, what hobby would you take up and why? Well, this right now for me is most of my hobby. Well, any that's hobby, enough. basically, except curling. Curling I'm still doing. Yep. But that is, that's one night a week. Um, choose one hobby now that seems out of your reach, either financially or time-wise, which is <laughs> both collecting teslas <laughs> like if it, it's out of reach and i want i get to do it i like i don't know collecting rare automobiles you know the ones that are like a couple million dollars each real estate is that a hobby i don't think real estate is a hobby i think you're not being creative enough <laughs> um could, could Sorry, my, my financial like, time sink just came over to say hi to me oh Hello, financial time sink. <laughs> yes, who's my cute little time sink? Yes, you, yes you are. Yes, you are. You're the most adorable money hole that is there. Yes, you are. Oh, yay, little money hole. I still need to meet this little guy. Hey, you haven't actually met him yet, have you? Nope, we have not seen you guys since um, a long time ago. I'm trying to think of the last time you were actually in town. So I, I, my, my thing before Indy and I get down to this hole, uh, my, my hobby that I can't do because of finances would probably be something that deals with a lot of finance and like a lot of money. Bitcoin mining. Oh, geez. I have. I would drive to Wisconsin and slap you if you started Bitcoin mining. Really? Is that a promise? No, it's not a promise. Damn, I was about to go download a Bitcoin miner. (laughs) Really? You want me to actually drive to Wisconsin and slap you? Well, the slapping part I could do without, but getting you to drive to Wisconsin, if that's all it takes, man, I'd do that. We were literally just saying it's been so long since we've seen each other. Yeah. We'd be like, hey, Dave, what's up? Slap. I think the last time we saw each other was in September of 2016. I think so. Unless, did we do Passover last year? No, we didn't. Yep, so September of 2016 when I proposed to Laura. Yes. That, that was the last like, time we saw each other. Probably, So, yeah. yes, if that's what it takes to get you to Wisconsin, I will start mining Bitcoin. See, this sort of goes along the line where we talked about, the, you know, what would we do if we win the lottery sort of thing there. And I always, you know, I always had liked the idea of, you know, working on a classic car of some kind restoring an old car yeah restoring an old car that always seemed like a fun and interesting hobby okay well that's that's good to know that's all i got real estate real estate that would be my hobby all All right. right well i guess uh that's a wrap 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.